The financial dads are not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, tax or other advice in or by virtue of this podcast. Hello, welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Paul Becker. This podcast is for all the moms and dads out there who struggle with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Doing really well, doing well. How you doing today, Paul? Uh, doing well, fantastic. Um, just got back uh, from a week of traveling. Um, it was... Uh, Super busy, but great to connect with a bunch of people in person again, you know, getting to some old fashioned whiteboard sessions with actual whiteboard markers. Um, it was kind of cool from that perspective. Um, how are you doing? Do, doing good. Just had a little tired today during a recording because I had a live fire drill training last night. So I'm a, I'm a little tired today. So we'll see if my uh, if I can keep up with you and our guests. Uh, okay. That's okay. Very cool. That's cool. Uh, today's podcast is with uh, Shai Perdinek. Uh, we're going to talk to him about cryptocurrency. But first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. Okay, our news story that we chose for this week uh, is from CNN Health. Uh, conscious spending, the finance approach that's both smart and fun. I thought this was interesting, uh, Paul, because it, it kind of tied health with finance and kind of walk through, uh, talks about this conscious spending plan and goes through the guidelines and talks about, you know, I guess for me in short, it's a very short story, but for me, it talks about everything we've been doing in terms of, um, alignment with our podcast. Um, you know, have a budget document, know your spend. Um, I'm going to throw in cash instead of credit cards, like just making sure that you're, you're, you're mindfully and you're, you're spending with purpose. Right. And, and figuring out which things are most important to you that you want to spend your money on and ignoring the things that you, you don't. Paul, what was your takeaway from this story? I, I felt the same way. And by the way, your comment on cash made me think of something like right? kind of cash is king. If you have it in your pocket you, and you spend it, okay, when there's nothing in your pocket, well, not left to spend. But uh, I want to steal a quote from, I'm going to quote the article here for a moment because I thought this was a good summary. What's most important in undoing unconscious spending is asking yourself specific questions about your financial goals and life's desires. Where has my money been going? And I think that really encapsulated a lot of the article, and I love that, and that's kind of what we preach a lot here. So it's kind of neat. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I think with that, we, we'd like to now welcome to the podcast, uh, Shai Pernek. Um, Shai is a global tech lead for blockchain at Amazon Web Services. He is an expert on all things crypto. Um, today, we're going to talk about Ethereum, uh, blockchain, the latest crypto news, digital assets, and cryptocurrency. Shai, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, guys. I'm super excited to be here. I love like, listening and catching up. Right? It's really been helping me. Uh, get better with my personal finances, and I and I love kind of the intersection of uh, traditional finance and cryptocurrency and uh, new financial instruments. It's very it. cool, very cool. I th I think with with that, I think we're going to jump in a little bit. We'll just kind of jump into your background, Shai. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. Yeah, sure. I I, I didn't know how far back I wanted to go. If I wanted to go back to birth, and uh, how far back I should start, but <laughs> we won't take, we won't go that far back. So I'll start with you know I, my background. I think really starts when I was a teenager and getting into tech and really diving into everything IT that I could. And then I uh, my first sort of career was in the Navy and getting exposure. I was uh, forward deployed in Afghanistan, uh, in Iraq post nine eleven. Uh, then mm -hmm. I left in two thousand four with a lot of startups. I uh, got a lot of experience kind of in, in different sectors and financial, uh, a lot of different financial uh, uh, startups back then in California, uh, and then moved to uh, Pennsylvania in around 20, uh, 2010, uh, really kind of looking for new opportunities for the family and uh, work and, and just exploring new cultures and, and uh, opportunities around here. So I have four kids, my wife, we moved here, got super excited. I got involved with our local council uh, and I was our local council and uh, served our community till about 2015. Uh, and then worked with just different IT and technical roles, uh, kind of uh, exploring different IT architectures. Uh, and then 2017 started at, at AWS. And I've been in a couple of different roles here at AWS, uh, from early on in our professional services team uh, to in the last couple of years being our solution architect role. Uh, and then uh, now in this global tech, tech lead role for blockchain, which is uh, super awesome and I'm uh, super excited. Now, when it comes to sort of cryptocurrency, digital assets and blockchain, 
Uh, I have kind of the traditional miner story that you hear of that person that lost their crypto keys and or their private keys and uh, or their their machine and they can't find it. So yes, I'm one of those guys oh, no. that I have a yep, I have a a Mac Mini that when I moved here to Pennsylvania, I started mining Bitcoin. Uh, kind of got curious about it. I mined Bitcoin somewhere in the amounts of 10 to 20 Bitcoin that are on there, if not more. And I probably wiped that hard drive two or three times and it's sitting somewhere in the uh, uh, storage. So yeah, I, I see your faces. It's the typical story that you hear <laughs> because, oh you know, gosh. didn't think much of it back then, right? The thought was, hey, this is fun, learning the technology part of it. Who knows what's gonna happen? Uh, I remember the pizza story uh, of, of yeah. 10,000 pizzas, or 10,000 Bitcoin being sold for pizzas. Um, and, and so it's just fun to, to be in that world and whatever, you know, that that's life. And so I kind of sat on the side for a while and, and just kind of focused really on the technology side of it, really just trying to understand what blockchain is and how that relates to our world and why it's something important, why it's something that we should be aware of. And it didn't really hit me until somewhere around 2020, uh, right? Being at home and kind of sitting around at home in the summer, uh, seeing on what was going on blockchain. And at that time, the uh, sort of cryptocurrency side of digital assets side of, of uh, DeFi, right, or decentralized finance, uh, was really getting started and getting picked up. And so I really started digging into then, and then 2021, I uh, started diving into uh, really everything that I could, um, just not just the financial part of it, but every technology part that I could, NFTs and metaverse and everything in between to try to really understand what's the core of tech technology and why it's there, really try to understand why it applies to our life. Um, and I founded the our, our internal community at work, right, to kind of focus on that as well, right, and try to help uh, answer that question of fundamentally what is the core of all these different products that we're seeing and how they're going to benefit us in the future. Um, and that's, uh, I'll, I'll kind of end it on that note, right, for me, blockchain at the technology itself, right, if all the other things are superfluous and they're, they're sort of additive there, but blockchain as a technology, uh, I think is fundamentally going to change the, the world and is going to change a lot of the things that uh, we do today, right? It, it's a, a paradigm shift that a lot of time is, is going to change the way we think down the road. And we can't even think of sometimes the ideas and some of the uh, opportunities that are out there. And in reality, it's not for us. We're really at the cusp of of a change in a, in technology similar to we were with social media uh, back in 2003. So this is like the MySpace days, if you will. Wow. So you, you said a lot there. Uh, first <laughs> off, uh, thank you for your service. Thank you. We, 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 okay. we do appreciate that tremendously. Uh, that, that, that's amazing. So, oh my, so you said a lot. I actually want to <laughs> back up a, a, a smidget here. One, and you know, to our listeners, you, you, know, you had 10, 20 Bitcoin locked up on a hard drive somewhere, right? For those of you who understand already what that is, that's a lot of money, but those who don't, you know, that's three to anywhere between three and $600,000 or so or more, actually probably, no, million, right? Uh, locked up in that. So, no, yeah, so but, go ahead. Yeah, but, yeah, about 600,000. So it's, it's anywhere, yeah, depending on the price, because that's the problem, the price is so volatile. So it's anywhere between, <laughs> let's say between three to 600,000, whatever, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's let's go even further back here. Crypto one on one. What is yeah. crypto? Sure. Well, so let's let's uh, let's actually take a little step back even a little further, right? Let's let's answer the question of really what is blockchain, right? Because in order to understand what cryptocurrency is and what crypto is, you have to understand what blockchain is. And for, for terminology's sake, uh, crypto really is cryptography, right? We're talking about uh, cryptography and public key signing, um, and, and that's really at the crux of it, right? That's that's a very, very deep topic. Um, and so when you think about uh, cryptocurrency, right, or crypto, as we're calling it, and that's becoming the sort of common name out there, really the, the back end is blockchain, right? And if we think about blockchain, the, the main thing that it's creating is a third-party ledger system, right? We've always had a, a, a two-party ledger system, right? You transact with a bank. That bank keeps the transactions, right? If I send uh, funds or I transact with Paul, uh, the bank is that intermediary, right? I'm transacting with the bank. The bank is an inter interacting with Paul. So what happens with blockchain is blockchain is creating a third-party ledger. It's a database, if you will, right? So it's, it's not really that much different than the databases that we've had for years. But the difference is it's a public-facing database. Now, for the sake of, of complexity, we won't get again into the cryptography side and the security side, right? The data is not 
completely open in the public. You can't see everything that's there, uh, right? There is cryptography, there is hashing. You can make arguments of can it be cracked in the future. Again, those are philosophical discussions. But again, think of the fundamental technology as that third-party ledger. And what that's allowing us to do is transact in a peer-to-peer -peer way where we don't need intermediaries. We use the public ledger or that public transaction log as that record-keeping place. Um, and that's storing that for us. And so when we have that public ledger, we can now create things on top of that. And so Bitcoin really started the idea of, of blockchain, right? And Bitcoin is not is revolutionary in its own, but what it's doing is it's taking a lot of pieces and kind of bring them together. So it's taking things from cryptography, it's taking pieces from finance, it's taking things from traditional IT and technology and servers and bringing those all together. And so th that's the fundamental part of blockchain, right? Is Bitcoin is the asset that supports uh, sort of on the Bitcoin network. Then you have things like Ethereum that came afterwards in 2015. And that's where things got really uh, sort of enabled a lot more use cases than what we had before, because now it was not just the finance or, or the, the record keeping, if you will, that was decentralized. It's also the computing layer. So the, the applications we're processing the data, those are also now able to be distributed and not be centralized and be on a public system out there. And so now that enables all these other use cases that now we're seeing in this, in this uh, ecosystem. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. I'll be honest yeah. with you, Shai. This is such a, a newbie topic for me still, right? And I've had anecdotal conversations with, with so many people on this, right? And, and I think that there is still this fundamental disconnect on what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you have people, um, uh, older generation, and once again, this is anecdotal from my side, right? People that are jumping into Bitcoin just because they heard the, the buzzword, so they yeah. jump in, right? And then you got people that are, you know, trying to mine Bitcoin. And and I guess we'll talk a little bit about that, about the mining aspects of it when we get into uh, the mind map that you had built together. I'd love to dig into those pieces yeah. that you have. Uh, but, you know, fundamentally, it, it's, it's kind of that thing where I'm just trying to unpack it in my mind. It's still very nebulous to a lot of different people. Right. And you're taking blockchain and crypto and bringing all these pieces together. It's still very unclear. And I think we're trying to demystify that just a little bit more for people today. And, and that I'm going to tie kind of to one of your most recent posts on Twitter, uh, what I learned in DeFi, which stands for decentralized finance. And I apologize because you sent this <laughs> to me like a week ago. And, it, and when I unpacked it on the plane yesterday and I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so amazing what you had to get together, right? So I wanted to kind of maybe bring that into the forefront of this. And can you tell us a little bit more about that mind map? And, I, and while you're doing that, I'm going to post it to our Twitter page and to our Facebook page so they could get to you and get to that mind map. But can you walk us yeah. through kind of the history, why you put it together, and then take us through some of the topics within it? Yeah, no problem. And, and, and so, you know, when we think about the about the DeFi space, right, one of the, one of the challenges of decentralized finance is, that it's so vast. And, and if you don't come from, from a financial background, it's very difficult where to start. And, and I think even if you have a financial background, it's still very difficult where to start because what you're trying to do is you're trying to look for financial products that are similar to uh, things that you know, right? And so you try to make those analogies. And a lot of times they're not exactly the same. Uh, and so for me, I don't have that deep financial background. I'm an IT guy. I've been in IT for the, my whole life. And um, and so I, I really wanted to dig into the financial side of it. Right? I, I wanted to say, OK, if, if I'm in truly investing my funds in it and I'm investing not just my my uh, hobby, not just my career, right, but but also investing my own funds and teaching my kids. And I really believe in this in the future. I really need to understand what this even means. Right. What are some of the common analogies? Right. And how these relate to traditional finance and things that we've done before. And so. You know, even though blockchain is novel and new, it's not really something so mystical. It, when you start to compare it to traditional finance and things that you've done, it's you start looking at a blockchain really like a bank. And you start looking at different blockchain networks like they are different banks. And when you talk about bridging in, in, in a very advanced topic, 
right? You start thinking about, oh, that's kind of like a wire and you start making those analogies. And so that's really what drove me down this path of, of putting this mind map together is there's so many different things that you need to understand the space and where do you start, right? How do you start digging into that? And so, um, you know, one of the ways I, I wanted to start was really, you have to really think about portfolio management, right? You have to understand um, what you're actually trying to do, right? And, and this is not much different, I think, than uh, managing a traditional portfolio of stocks and funds and bonds and all those and all those other kind of assets. So it's not that much different. But what are you what are you actually trying to do, right? What are you after, and and what are your goals, and what are some of the things that you're trying to do? And you know, I, I wanted to kind of write out my key principles there, and things that you know I really dig into, and I look, you know, things like you should be taking profits, right? What when when does that mean you should be taking profits, right? What does that mean to you? Again, that's not that much different than stocks, but this is a very volatile market, right? And that's one of the challenges with cryptocurrencies and, and digital assets in general is that they're very volatile markets. And so having those principles of stop losses and take profit marks, those are very important, right? Having other principles like not chasing high APRs and not chasing new projects and what's your take profit strategies, those are all important things to keep in mind as you're getting into this space and you start diving in. Um, and again, I don't think these are that much different than building a traditional portfolio when you're trying to diversify the portfolio um, and you're looking at, uh, you know, do I go into oil or do I go into other commodities like uh, grains and um, other products, uh, right? But then in this world, again, because of the volatility, you have some other challenges that it presents. So it's things like profit loss and tracking is hard because again, these are all new spaces. There's not a lot of regulations. There's not a lot of standards. And so how do you do proper profit and loss tracking? Um, how do you build automation to help you go down that path? So there's a lot of stuff there, right? And that's just the portfolio management. So um, I'll zoom out a, a bit and then we'll, we can kind of dig into these, uh, Paul and Paul, as we kind of get into uh, different areas. But, you know, there's, there's different categories, right? You want to think about what categories you want to invest in again similar to to stocks and similar to other assets right do i want to invest in gaming uh blockchain products do i want to invest in uh products that are financial instruments and tools do i want to invest in uh products that provide critical infrastructure to the systems uh again so these are not that much different than investing in it companies not that much different than investing uh in banks and uh, other companies that do financial products and toolings right so not that much different, right? I guess you're choosing those categories of what you want to invest in. You you really need to kind of understand as well as you kind of go through some of the other components. I thought of was, um, you know, what are the what are the what are sort of the components of investing, right? When you actually want to go to invest. So, if you're thinking about that strategy, what are the different ways to to invest, right? And to me, there's kind of three main ways. There's the concept of of staking. And the concept of staking is the idea that you're supporting a network. And again, very deep, complex topic when you start getting about different networks and different ways uh, to stake. But think of staking like locking up your funds in a bank, right? When you lock up your money in a, in a typical bank, that in a way secures that bank, right? That bank has more funds and reserves. They can do more things with that bank. So it's not that much different. You're staking in the network, you're supporting that network, right? Um, again, different ways of staking. Um, and then I kind of dug into those things, right? I dug into the different ways of staking, what's benefit over one or the other one, right? Would you want to use liquid staking over uh, lock staking? Uh, then there's yield farming. Yield farming is a whole beast on its own that has so many risks and so many challenges as well just in uh, providing liquidity. Um, but again, not much different than being a market maker in a traditional financial market. Um, where it's you are providing liquidity in a cryptocurrency, right, or, or in a digital asset. So that might be Bitcoin, that might be Ethereum, that might be anything else that's out there, right? But you are providing liquidity and you are earning passive income from those yields. So not something that you normally get into in an IT or a technical world, right? But but again, these are just financial instruments and financial tools that we have today in traditional finance, but they're difficult to get into, they're costly to get into, they come with a lot of fees. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have somebody to hold your hand and walk you through because it's a very uh, known and, and, and traditional system. In this case, this is all fairly new, it's very nascent, right? So there, there's a technology challenge as well and a user experience challenge. Um, 
And so what that really kind of brings you back to is this idea that what these really end up being are the Lego pieces. All these different tools and protocols and products that are out there are really just Lego pieces. They're just components that you can use interchangeably to do different things with them. And that's really where things get very exciting because that's different than the traditional world, right? You can't try to get two banks to work together. That's not that easy, right? Try to get a bank to work with a partner and a partner to work with another partner. That can get challenging as well. So that's the exciting part here is because these are all Lego pieces, because these are all in the public in a sense, and you can interact with those applications um, as smart contracts in a public ledger, you can build those Legos however you want. And so that's that's kind of the 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 key components there that I dove into, right? There's a whole concept around bridging and really understand uh, bridging and how to move assets between different chains. Uh, because a lot of times when you're trying to look for financial opportunities, you want to look at different chains and, and you might want to dig into uh, that network or that network to uh, where are the best opportunities to invest your funds in. Again, not that much different from a bank, right? Not that much different from moving uh, funds between bank A because it gives me 0.1% to bank B that gives me 0.15%. The difference is this is in, in decentralized finance. I don't need to involve a bank or an intermediary. I am the bank and I control what happens. So wow. I'll pause there. I know I went through a lot and, and there's still more to go through, but uh, I'll pause there for a second. Yeah, you went through so much. Uh, so our listeners know we were taking notes during the show and sometimes adding more questions. You sort of touched on one I'll get to later. But your, your shirt, the shirt that you're wearing today, <laughs> I, I, I want to kind of read that to our listeners. So things I do in my spare time, check my portfolio, analyze cryptos, buy cryptos, and I think talk about cryptos. There we are. So, yeah. <laughs> so we went from, in the past few minutes, we went from 101 to decentralizing things to oh my goodness wow that that's that's a lot to unpack for for a non-finance guy you got pretty deep pretty quick man so yeah that, it, 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 the exciting part is because this stuff is so um nascent there's so many people exploring it that are coming from an it world there's people coming from uh financial backgrounds there's people coming from non-financial backgrounds from um all different sectors are getting into the space as they're exploring it they're sharing their thoughts, they're sharing their perspectives. So it, it's so awesome to see such a vibrant community that really looks to educate uh, and teach and help each other out. And um, that's really the exciting part. And, and I think why you can get so deep is because um, it, it's about being public, right? It's kind of the opposite of the traditional finance sector of locking the knowledge, right? In, in the cryptocurrency world or the decentralized finance world, it's about, hey, these are tools that are gonna enable the next wave of, of financial uh, entrepreneurs. These are these are tools that are gonna enable our children, like my daughter that's that's a, a child today, she's six. It's gonna enable her in 10 or 12 years to do things that I can't do today because in the traditional finance system. So it, the only way to get there is by being open, by educating, by sharing what we're doing, by building on top of other things, by accepting failure as an opportunity to revolutionize and build something new not um, not uh, decommissioning failure or, or, or harming someone, right? Using it as an opportunity. Yeah, that's, that, and like I said, I concur <laughs> with Paul. There, there's a lot that we've unpacked, but I, I love the, the passion that you have for it. And that's something that um, for me, I think that, that, that's why I love having you on the show because, you know, we, we've tried to unpack this before and I don't, think we've ever been able to unpack it like we have today. So thank you for this. And, you know, the next question I have for you is, is what is the latest, um, you know, in, in, in cryptocurrency today? There's always this hot term. And, you know, I'll have anecdotal conversations with friends over over dinner and they'll talk about Dogecoin and Ethereum and, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong and, and Bitcoin and all these different things. Right. So what is the latest today? And, and can we go into a little bit about you know, in your opinion, you know, what's going on today and, and, and in terms of the hot cryptocurrency that's available for investment yeah. or for use. Yep. And, and, we, and we clearly said it's not financial advice, right? So looking at it from an educational perspective, right? Think of it that way. 
Um, you have Ethereum and Bitcoin are really the the core of kind of the, the whole cryptocurrency market. That's really the foundation, right? It, it's it's the reason why Bitcoin is referred to as, as uh, gold and Ethereum is referred to as silver. That's right? it, just the way that it is, right? They, they, Bitcoin's been around for so long. Uh, Ethereum has been around for so long. They have a heavy weight, right? They have first mover advantage. They have all these things that are making them the 800-pound gorilla that are going to be around for a while, right? So, yes, those are still going to be the top. I, I, I think my opinion is they're going to be the top for the foreseeable future. Uh, there's this whole concept of will they flip each other? Who knows, right? It, 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 that might happen in 10 years. It might happen in five years. Those can, that can be debatable, right? We, we can't tell the future. But those will always be the top. But there's a, such an exciting part of, of uh, the digital asset space that's happening that it's not really anymore about Bitcoin being the store of value or Ethereum being this underlying layer of, of transactions or, or uh, financial systems. There's a whole explosion in alternative networks, alternative platforms, right? So again, using that banking example I talked before, right? If you think about Ethereum as a, as a bank, if you will, that offers products and offers uh, tools and instruments for its customers, you now don't just have the Ethereum uh, bank, if you will, which is a, a contradictory term there because uh, the whole point is it's not a, a bank, right? It's a decentralized system. But let's just use the analogy of a bank, right? So now you have this explosion of all these new networks, right? All these new banks. And so all these new networks like Avalanche, Phantom, uh, Solana, uh, Polkadot, uh, Cardano, uh, probably forgetting some uh, more out there, right? There's a whole bunch of them. And, and there's probably like 100 that are in this sort of top area, right? And, and, and arguably, you know, you'll, you'll say, okay, was it the top 10? Is it the top 20? Uh, is it the top 100, right? And, and that's debatable, right? And how, how do you rate those? Is it at market cap? Is it by total value locked uh, in the network, right? It, and it's a whole uh, sort of debate there, right? But I think it's exciting. It creates a very competitive environment. You then have this whole concept of a layer two, which is a network that sits on top of Ethereum, right? And so the, the idea is we have Ethereum, it's been established, but it's, it's also a bit old. It, it brings some legacy baggage with it. And there's exciting stuff happening with Ethereum too, you know, revolutionized stuff. Sure, that'll happen. But there's still that old legacy baggage that's still around and, and that'll be around for who, foreseeable who knows how long in the future. So there's a concept of layer twos that are built on top of Ethereum. They're also gonna be starting to be built on top of other networks as well which is even more exciting, right? Because now you not only have decentralization, you have decentralization of decentralization. So arguably you can say maybe that's fragmentation, right? Pros and cons to everything there. So you have all these layer twos, uh, ones like uh, Polkadot, uh, sorry, uh, Polygon, uh, which is Polygon also also referred to as Matic. Uh, you have Metis, you have uh, Optimism, you have Arbitrum, um, you have ZK Snark and Starkware, Loopring, uh, so very exciting space that's just coming all over again, right? And creating new ones. You have this whole concept of, of layer zeros now uh, that are starting to pop up where uh, they're sort of offering the foundational messaging layer, right? And they're sort of seeing themselves as the foundational communication layer between different blockchain networks. Uh, so think of that almost like a, uh, a processor in a credit card system that is processing uh, transactions for different banks. Uh, right, they are the processing system. It's kind of like the underlying layer here of a layer zero concept. So again, that's super exciting stuff. You have this idea of of uh, protocol wars, which which again is another exciting thing. So if you think about those applications or those tools that are built on top of the banks, right, or on top of those networks, you now have these wars between them, right, and and, and it's competition. But we call it, in, it protocol wars because what ends up happening is there's incentives in those protocols for investors to lock their funds up. And what ends up happening because of that Lego component I talked about before, you have protocols, right, that, that are, are locking up their funds uh, or, or sorry, protocols that are incentivizing their investors to lock up their funds. But investors doesn't have to be Paul or me or or somebody else. Uh, the investor could be another protocol. It could be another protocol, and it could be another protocol, another protocol. So 
you have protocol wars where protocols compete to invest in other protocols and hold their token because it gives them some sort of an incentive, right? So think about almost if you have financial products that work across different banks and the banks are competing for the financial instruments uh, money, right? And they say, I will give you more money if you come to my network. That's sort of a way to think about it, right? So very exciting stuff where um, it ends up being very profitable to an investor, but it's very complex. A lot to understand there and a lot to unpack. Um, so, that's shy. I got, I got yeah. to tell you, I'm sorry. Sure. I, I was looking at your mind map, and I love mind maps. So some of our <laughs> listeners are obviously friends, and they know I, I'm a big mind map fan. I, I feel like we need to create a, and maybe you have this in some of your other mind maps. I know you have a list of them. I didn't go through all of them, but like, okay, here's the Lucky Charms decoder ring mind map. Like this <laughs> means this. Like this means this analogy. This means this analogy. Uh, they, that could be fun to do there. I'm sorry to cut you off. I yeah, no. had to get that out of my head because there, there's so many terms and things you're talking about that <laughs> it's uh, it, it's really it, it, it's deep, right? So yeah. try not to trying to keep people listening at the same yeah. time, right? Because there's so much to learn here, but. There is, um, and that's, but that's, that's what's also the challenge, right? If you're answering like, you know, what, what's hot, what's the hot currency today, it varies all the time, right? The market is so volatile. There's so much new innovation happening. And, and, and like it is right now, if the market is in a bad situation, well, then the stable coins are, are hot things, right? And that's where all the investment's going. So it's a very, it's not complex. I think it's just, it's a very volatile and ever changing environment. I think that's the challenge. I think you're right so, on that because realistic, like that goes back to these dinner conversations, right? Mm -hmm. I have some friends that are, you know, super technical. And, and when we get out to dinner with a group of them, it's always kind of comes back to this topic at some point. And it seems like that topic that we have at that dinner table is ever changing. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, and yeah. So I remember Bitcoin and then uh, Arithium, Arithium, and then it Ethereum. was Dogecoin. And then it was I, and it was all these I don't know, spider monkey. I don't know. Making stuff <laughs> yeah. up. Right. Like there no, was all enough. these different. Is there one? Maybe I'm just there, there probably know. is. And, and if there isn't, there's going to be one as soon as this is published, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one that you got me on was 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 Stark. What was the one? That's got to be after Tony Stark. Right. That's like, be. Right. I think so. It's yeah. Yeah. Be. Like that. Star what was what was it called? Stark? What the. Well, the, the StarkNet is, is the different Stark. network, but you're probably thinking of the, the Elon. There's like Doge Elon, and there's a whole bunch of other ones that are around like Starlink. Uh, yeah. There's Elon Stark. They just because the thing is, anybody can create them. I, I have a, a shy coin on one of the Sorry, chains. I don't know that. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know that yet. But, know oh, that's that. perfectly timed. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, leave it in there because <laughs> nobody knows about it, right? And, and, there's no, <laughs> and there's no liquidity, and it's, and it's not worth anything, right? But there's a shy coin out there, and. and there's, so anybody can create one and anybody can create value, right? And that's, to me, that's the exciting and empowering thing is my 13-year-old my can go create a coin and have a, an asset that's actually worth something and creates value. So um, how do people get started investing in crypto? Yeah. So, uh, I, and, and I'll tie it into the topic we were talking about before, right, about this being such a complex environment. And, and I'll, I'll tease a little bit, right? I, I, I will be posting a blog post. Uh, trying to break this concept down and from a much more uh, sort of free-flowing uh, discussion sort of perspective. So look forward to that and uh, just jumping ahead on my plugs there. Yeah. Uh, but if you're investing in it, right, there, there's different ways to, right? It really comes at questions what angle you're coming at it from. But simply to put it, there's two general ways. And again, not much different than regular stocks or assets. Um, an on-ramp, right, is just a, a, a tool that gives you on-ramp into the environment, right? Just what we call it. So an on-ramp is something like uh, an exchange. So that could be Coinbase, it could be Binance, it could be Gemini, uh, Qcoin, and uh, many others, right? There's so many to list out there. And you got to be careful because there's also some shady ones. So an exchange is very similar to a Webull. It's very similar to a Robinhood, right? It's very similar to uh, TD Bank and Ameritrade or whatever other um, brokerage you use, right? So... You go through that centralized exchange, you buy your assets on there. And now you're going to be limited, right, based on what assets that exchange supports. Um, and that's fine. For most people, that's the way that you should start. Don't go venturing into the crazy uh, DeFi world and when you get to Shycoin and all these other weird coins out there like Dogecoin. 
uh, actually Dogecoin is also available there, but uh, you start off in the centralized exchanges. The other way is uh, you can start with an IRA. There, there's a uh, cover and I trust uh, and a whole bunch of other um, IRA products that if you want to take that approach where you are more frequently trading, you want to tax benefits, and all that stuff, uh, you can go with a crypto backed IRA. So that's, I think, kind of the two main ways to get into it. Um, and then what happens is people start playing around with exchanges. They start getting a feeling for it. They start uh, a lot of exchanges do a really great job of education, of, of teaching people not just about blockchain, uh, but about what different protocols are. So if you're buying Dogecoin, what is Dogecoin actually, right? Like it'll tell you and, and you can go through and you can watch a video and it'll give you even a couple dollars in Dogecoin for watching that video. Uh, it'll walk you through a video of Ethereum. It'll walk you through a video of Bitcoin. It'll walk you through a video of a bunch of other stuff. So they do an awesome job of educating the users. But eventually uh, you want to start venturing out or, or maybe you don't, but you maybe start saying, you know, hey, I want to venture out into the murky waters of, of DeFi, right? And it's murky because it's challenging. And you want to explore that maybe it's for, you want to get better interest. You want to get better, um, you want to get better uh, gains or returns, whatever it might be. Uh, and so you jump into that world and you, you start going down that route of DeFi and for that one, I'll just say it's really important that you think about having a hardware wallet. Um, and you'll hear this phrase, wallet use. It's not really a proper term because we don't hold assets in the wallet. We don't hold Bitcoin in a wallet. We don't hold Ethereum in a wallet. We don't hold Dogecoin in a wallet. Those assets exist on a public ledger. In my wallet, I hold the keys to that ledger, right? So think about the ledger as that bank. And I have the keys to that bank in my wallet. So maybe we, instead of a wallet, we should probably call it a key ring, uh, more appropriate than a wallet, right? And so my wallet, my key ring, right? You're not going to leave your keys uh, to your house or to your car just sitting around a coffee shop table. You probably shouldn't be leaving around your office desk either, even if it's at home. Um, you know, you don't leave your credit card laying around in, in empty spaces. So same thing. You don't leave your keys on your phone, right? Don't use a software key if you can avoid it. Um, you can do so a little bit if you're playing around, but once you start getting really into it, you start moving some some <clears throat> percentage that makes you more comfortable, move towards a hardware uh, wallet or hardware encryption key. Very cool. Um, and, and I'll just one final thing. Sorry, I know I'm ranting. There. No, no, no. Uh, this is great stuff. No, no. I, 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 uh, I, I think I just used the pause. But yeah, please finish because I definitely have one more. I'm excited to ask you my next question. That's why. Okay. <laughs> so I'll add one more thing there. When you get into it, it's very tempting to get into a whole bunch of different coins. You might want to get into Dogecoin and this coin and Tron and this and that, right? Just don't. Try to hold yourself back and go into what's referred to really as stables and blue chips. So stables are pegged to the dollar, right? So they, they don't fluctuate. They do by, by minor percentage, uh, a minor percentage of a percentage. Uh, and blue chips are going to be like those ones I talked about before, right? The main uh, top 10 or top 25, right? The big coins by either by total value locked or by market cap. And just stick to those until you really understand what's going on, right? When you start exploring DeFi and you get into those networks and you kind of have an understanding of like, okay, I, I kind of get how this works. I kind of get, you know, maybe like using the analogy of you walk into the bank, right? When you walk into the bank, you kind of get that comfortable feeling. If I think back to when I was a, a kid and I used to actually walk into a bank, you get that comfortable feeling of like, hey, I'm in a bank. This feels nice and safe, right? So when you get that feeling, uh, then start playing around in the, uh, in the sandbox in the backyard and uh, taking some chances and risks. I'm glad I let you finish that last <laughs> piece, right? Because that's very important, right? I think for yeah. the listeners, I think that's important to know, right? People are going to jump in and think they're going to go into the latest and greatest and kind of just willy-nilly into these things. And and you're right. You go with, you know, with, you know, with um, the stables and the blue chips. I think you put it eloquently. So thank mm -hmm. you for that. The one question I wanted to ask, which I don't think we touched upon too much, I don't think we touched upon it yet was was the whole concept of of uh you know bitcoin mining and mm -hmm. uh, this whole mining concept i remember at one point my son came home from school and him and his buddies wanted to get together this was years ago he wanted to get together probably should have invested more into that 
idea that he had. Um, he wanted to see if he could build, you know, a mining rig, right? And he and he, huh? and he and he really researched all this. He knew all the terms, and his buddies were talking about it. And they were gonna buy. They're all gonna chip in and buy a PC and video cards and stuff like that. Um, and then anecdotally, I have another friend of mine who called me frantically on a on a Saturday morning to go to a local uh, large PC store to pick up video cards that they had in stock. Yeah. And I got there and thinking, okay, I'll get there. And he says, you got to get there early. And I said, okay. And I get there early and there's 40 people in line for two video cards. I'm like, what is happening? So I have to ask you if you can help me unpack this concept a lot more, Shy, because yeah. you're laughing. I'm looking at the video screen, and, 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 and <laughs> you're laughing, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I kind of yeah. learned, like, this is, this is big business, yeah. right? This is a lot of stuff going on, and this whole concept of mining, if you could help us unpack that for a couple of minutes, that would be great. Sure. So, and I love kind of the stories you said, and I was laughing because those are what we hear, right? That That, that is very commonly what's asked about, what is this whole mining thing? Where does it come from? And it's it's all the news and stuff that's going around. But remember before I said that the benefit of blockchain is it's a third party ledger, right? It's a third party ledger system that somebody, not somebody, right? It's really owned by the public because it's a distributed network. And so in that ledger, right, if, if it's a public system, who is validating the transaction, right? When I send Paul, whatever, one Bitcoin, $100, one Dogecoin, doesn't matter, right? The, the network is, is sending that transaction, but that transaction has to be validated. It can't be validated by Bob. It can't be validated by, you know, uh, the local bank. It can't be valid by somebody else because that's a centralized entity. And, and that defeats the whole concept of what we're talking about, about decentralization and taking intermediaries out of the picture and uh, enabling peer-to-peer transactions, right? So you have to you have to validate the transaction in a programmatic uh, not just programmatic from a process way, but programmatic from a technical way, right? Using code. Um, and that's why we hear the phrase of code is law, because when you when you validate the transaction, you are validating that that transaction is valid on the network. The network also has to come to an agreement on that transaction being validated and, and being a valid transaction. So that's a concept called consensus. We can think of, of consensus similar to uh, a neighborhood maybe buying a pizza, right? Well, there's a neighborhood party. They want to buy pizzas. Uh, and somebody says, I want pepperoni. Somebody says, I want ham. Somebody says, I want turkey. Somebody says, I want cheese. And somebody says, I want just veggies, right? Well, the neighbor has to come to an agreement. And so uh, the two Pauls here and myself, right, we might come to an agreement. Okay, well, you know, we agree that because I'm the lone one here, Shy is going to represent the three of us. And we agree to a, a pepperoni pizza. And I'm going to go talk to the next group of three people who've also elected their uh, their representative, right? And and so on and so on and so on, right? And that's how those networks come to a consensus. So the validating of the transaction and the act of coming to a consensus is all part of mining. And why would anybody want to do this, right? Why would anybody want to dedicate hardware or equipment or uh, part of their uh, computational power on their PC or a video card, right? And, and go run out to uh, the big box store, right? Why would they want to do that? Well, they do because they want to earn incentives, right? And, and the network has to incentivize those miners somehow, right? Nobody's going to do it for free. Uh, some people do, right? They use old hardware, they use stuff that's laying around. Maybe they're just so committed to the network, they really believe into it, that they get involved when it's just a test network and there's no coins. Uh, maybe they get they get into it because they believe that there's future value in those uh, test network coins will have future value. So you can't rely on that. You can't rely on goodwill. So you have to incentivize the network. You have to incentivize the miners to go out there and get to that store at three in the morning and go buy more video cards so that they can process more transactions. Right. I want to buy 10 uh, video cards so I can process 10 extra transactions. I want to buy 20 video cards so I can process 20 extra transactions. And the exciting things is that it, this is not just transactions, right? This is any activity that's on the network, any computational activity, any application that happens on the network. And so I love that story of 
of teens and kids getting involved in this stuff. Um, and my, my 13 year old was similar to that. I, 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 I want to encourage him to get more into it. But it's this idea that you're not just valuing transaction, you're valuing activity. And so you can be a minor uh, in, in the terms of, of ER at the end, not OR at the end. Right? <laughs> a, mi- a minor can be a minor <laughs> too. Um, and mine any kind of on any network, right? So that might be a network that does uh, virtual uh, VR rendering. Uh, and they distribute that rendering workload out to their network. It might be a network that does um, other financial uh, products and stuff like that, and they they send that uh, validation out to the network. Or it could be a network that does uh, video uh, content distribution, and they want to hold that video content at the edge or on uh, a distributed network. Well, they have to pay uh, their, their miners that are holding that data they have to incentivize them to hold that data. And so in, in that in, in that perspective, mining is the storage of the data. It's not necessarily the validation of transactions. It's a storage of the data. Now, there's other validator nodes on that network. That's a different uh, topic. But there's different ways of being a validator, right, or doing validations, right? And I think it's important to understand that it's an exciting area because it's not just teens and kids. It's also large institutions and large banks and large companies that are saying, and they're starting to wake up and see this idea of, hey, there's there's another opportunity for me to earn a revenue stream. I don't have to take my million dollars and put it in bank A. I don't have to put it in bank B or bank C. I can go put it in this distributed network. I can run a node for that network and be a validator for that network. And I can put my million dollars in that validator node and participate in that network and earn rewards for being on that network and it far way exceeds anything I'd make in the bank. Wow. So this is an episode that <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to listen to about four or five times. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is amazing. And, and, and I thank you for that. So I have two questions. I'm going to try and combine them into one if I can. Um, yeah. And you've touched on it in various ways. So maybe it's not really that much of a question, but I'm, I'm going to try. All right. And it might be a bit philosophical, and I know financial dads were talking about the microist of finance, right? Your own personal family unit and, and what you're doing. So I'm going to go a little bit bigger. This is a little bit macro. But it, it sounds like this is twofold. One, maybe the beginning of the end of hard currencies, the decentralization of the banks, and the, all this has enormous geopolitical consequences like this isn't like oh yeah hey i'm gonna go you know candy store and and buy some gum this is this is kind of in my opinion from what you've said what i learned today this is world changing i mean am i crazy no i I don't think you're crazy but but it's also let's 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 put it into perspective right it's not really all doom and gloom right it's not it's it's not it's very commonly seen as oh my god this it's this you know this stuff is going away like what's going to happen right it's all doom and gloom but listening to you talk about that paul it's really not that much different than the way people talked about the internet uh back in in the the 90s right about the internet replacing uh traditional uh newspapers and other systems or email right when we talked about email about email replacing uh newspapers and other or, or mail right email replacing mm-hmm. mail um you know, when you had e-commerce come online, e-commerce was going to be the end of retail and all retail was going to be dead, uh, right? And then when online bookstores came out, right, that same thing too, right? So this this theme of, you know, technology is going to destroy a, a market is is not really a good way to look at things. It's a very pessimistic way, right? And, and the other way to look at it is technology is an enabler here, right? It, it's, it's still around and we still have newspapers. I still read a newspaper. Um, my son is 13. He still reads a book and I read a, a books on the Kindle. So th- there's nothing that says that a book has to go away. We've had books for thousands of years. Uh, it, so nothing says that hard money has to go away, but, but <laughs> blockchain as a technology is creating an opportunity for that, that underlying reserved currency to diversify and that currency to no longer be something that's locked to a single government entity, a currency that's no longer locked to a centralized uh, mediary like a bank. It's empowering people to do things that they couldn't do before. 
and it's breaking down the borders between countries and creating digital currencies that exist on a distributed network that cannot be controlled by a single entity. Very cool. Yeah, I think I think Shai, you, you've you've hit it on the head. Uh, these enablers hopefully will become an advantage, right? Will make things better. I could tell you anecdotally, um, reading books on the Kindle, on on a tablet, on an electronic form has opened the world up for me more for reading. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Same here. Right. Instead of carrying, kind of, I used to carry books in my in my you know my backpack. First it was a briefcase, and now it's a backpack, right? And mm-hmm. whatever it is, um, but having it all in one spot and have multiple ways to read. So hopefully that's what all this stuff kind of ties into. Um, we usually wrap the show with two main questions that that Paul has kind of put together, and we've been using them, and they've been they've been well received. And what is the <laughs> biggest financial mistake you made? And what is the single best piece of advice you have received? And you could certainly tie it to uh, crypto or yeah. blockchain today. So we're we're open to kind of modify it for you for those pieces. Yeah. So I, I think the you know the, from a financial perspective, the, there's a concept called aping in, and we talked about it early on of kind of just jumping into something and and not taking your time, not doing the research, and not really understanding what you're getting into, right? And sticking to those stables and blue chips because you don't want to just jump into something, right? This is a very nascent space, right? It's it's it, that's probably my biggest mistake I think that I have made is just jumping into projects. And, and I still make that mistake. I'm, I'm human. I get mixed. I get, I get excited. I get carried away. Uh, I, I try to do it as safely as I can with reserved funds. I call it pizza money. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but there is a very big temptation to just dive in of like getting caught up in that, you know, storm of Dogecoin or whatever other coin might be the flavor of the month. So that's, my biggest mistake and, and I'm making that I think less and less and less. I think the other thing is, is also, again, similar in the financial world. Um, there's no get rich quick scheme, uh, right? It, it, I mean, the, the, you, you can't get rich quick. It, it, people sometimes strike gold, they get lucky. Sure. That happens in every industry, but there's no get rich uh, quick scheme, right? Crypto is not a, a get rich, you know, play here, right? It's not a way to, to make a million dollars by tomorrow. So there's a concept of chasing high APRs and APYs, right? Those high returns on your investment. I've, I've made, I've lost so much there because of just chasing those things of like, oh, that's, it's a thousand percent. It's 2000 percent, you know, and daily rates of 20 or 30%. I know those, those rates sound nuts and they are, they're not sustainable. Um, and, and people lose a lot of money that way. So I've done it. Be careful. Um, and same thing along those lines too, of just, this is such a nascent space. There's so many new projects that come along. Um, I've I've chased them. I've gotten involved with them very early on, and I've gotten really married to them and, and really emotional about them. And that's a huge mistake because as cool and as exciting a project can be, this space is about being public and open. And so somebody will clone it. Somebody will make it better. Somebody will build on top of those giants. And so I've just really learned to uh, not chase those, not jump into it. Um, and really the best piece of advice that I've received uh, really ties into those, right? It, it, it really, um, it's really two parts to it. Really focus on revenue. Don't focus on chasing riches and dreams. Focus on revenue. Treat every investment like it's a, it's a business. And how can you make revenue from those businesses? How can you create an income stream? Uh, ideally from passive income, right? The, the less you have to get involved in it, the less you have to take risks, the better. Uh, and then finally, just take your time. There is so many opportunities. There are so many new projects and new things. And again, the volatility in the market go up and down. And so being in this space for the last couple of years, the main thing I've learned is just take your time, do the research, understand the project, understand the team behind it. Um, think about your investing strategy, how, how often you're going to invest, build a, a dollar cost averaging model, uh, and don't just jump into something uh, off the deep end and hope for the best. Very cool. Yeah. No, thank you, Shai. I, I think we usually go into the end of the podcast with, with a summary recap of what we've learned. And, and, and so I'll go and then Paul will go and then we'll give you a chance to kind of go through your <laughs> takeaways and plugs um, in terms of uh, what you want to leave as your last words. But for me, it was all about this whole concept of decentralized finance. I learned that term today because um, crypto, blockchain, uh, Bitcoin, they're all part of this overall umbrella concept. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that they're all Lego blocks, right? And there's lots of Legos to play with. And I think you did a great job of describing those Legos and how some of those Legos fit together. 
Um, the other thing that I took away was the whole statement you said around Bitcoin is gold, Ethereum is silver, and this whole wallet versus a key ring. I think those were three gems that people should take away today. Uh, e you know, even at a high level, um, they're going to understand that, right? And we would love to have you back at some point just to talk about NFTs. We won't describe it right now, <laughs> but we'll make a whole concept on that because I've had dinners over that concept, uh, right? The whole NFT concept. And people will come to me and say, hey, you know, someone just spent $85,000 for this NFT, you know, and we want to definitely dig into that. So, and we did throw a lot at everyone today, and this is really a note to the audience, but use it as a jump point to research and learn, right? Everything you heard. So if you've heard these terms and I do this myself, I'm going to hear these terms. I'm going to listen back to this podcast. I'm going to Google those terms and I'm going to tie this together because I think it was a great starting point to excite people about this whole decentralized finance world. So thank you for that, Shai. I, we, I, really, I really personally appreciate it and I think our audience is going to too. Paul, what is your recap? Um, I, I, I'm a little bit foggy right now, right? That there was so <laughs> much here. It was great, but kind of st stick to the blue chips, get started, really learn, right? You, you can't just jump in. I think that was some great advice you gave there. Learn about it. Um, decentralized finance. I got to learn more about that, but I, I'm, I'm stuck back on the mind map thing, right? And, and creating that decoder ring. And, and doing that. So if you're going to do that, thank you. God bless. Cause that's amazing. I would love to see that. Um, I might take a crack at it myself just for the heck of it, but I've learned so much. And uh, you like a bunch of our other guests, we just learn something every week and that's what makes this show so much fun and, and awesome. So thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing. I can't begin to express how much I, I appreciate today's episode. So very cool. Yeah, Shai, we'll let you have the last word before we close the show. <laughs> well, thank you both for having me on. I think really, if, if I want to leave the listeners with with one thing, right? I, I, there's, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things to live in with, but there's a lot of important things to understand. It's a very complex space. But I think if really you have to kind of take one thing away besides the couple of things you guys said, was don't be scared. Don't feel that you have to learn and understand everything because I'm sorry. By the time that you do, it, it would have changed uh, ten or twenty different times. Um, I, that happens to me again. I've been in this space so long. This space changes so fast. So just get an understanding, right? Get an idea of what you're doing and, and you're going to learn by trying and by doing. And, and unfortunately that means putting some money into it. So find whatever pizza money means to you, right? Whatever dinner money means to you that you can play with that you don't mind losing and, and make that assumption that you're going to lose it and start playing around and start playing with those things. Stick to the stable coins, look for, uh, stable coin opportunities where you can interest on stable coins through centralized exchanges. There's plenty of opportunities there. So you can get into this space with pizza money, whatever that means to you, and take a very low risk approach where you're still exposed. You're still in this space and you're learning. And as you're going along, you're like, oh, maybe I you know I've earned some interest there. I've, I've, I've kind of understand something and maybe I'll try one thing. I'll dip my toes into Bitcoin. I'll dip my toes into Ethereum. Oh, let me dip my toes into something else that, that's on Ethereum. What does that mean? So baby steps are important here. Um, just take those baby steps slowly. Again, pizza money is important, right? What does that means to you? Uh, the last couple of things I'll, I'll, I'll plug just on, on my side, I, I'm trying my best to continue this education and uh, help share sort of my thoughts and my words. Uh, and my ideas and stuff like that. So I have my Twitter page. Uh, I kind of ramble on there sometimes or some random things or sometimes there's LinkedIn. I try to post uh, more structured posts there sometimes and then uh, getting into more medium blogs as well. So uh, either visit me on Twitter, ShySS is generally the handle I go to. That's uh, Sam Sam at the end um, because you can't have enough S's in the, in the handle. Uh, and I made that when I was a teenager and I'm not going to change it. So that's uh you know twitter linkedin and medium if you find me right lashai perennick um if you if you're curious about drone stuff and my other hobbies you can check out my youtube channel uh lots of drone stuff on there uh and you know i, I said before i i'm really eager to get into this space and i'm really eager to dig into everything that i can find in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space and so if you're learning uh if you're listening uh sorry so it's backwards if you're listening and you're learning uh, then reach out, right? Let's talk and, and let's talk about the challenges that you're having, right? Let's have a, a casual conversation about what this space means. Um, and if you're building in this space and hopefully you're building and you're breaking in this space, 
because you should be doing that. That's how we innovate is with, with breaking things and building again. And so if you're building in this space, also reach out, right? I, I want to dig into uh, founders. I want to dig into more of what makes the space tick and why people are building things uh, and how we can help them in the ecosystem. Uh, so please do reach out. Very Thank cool. You. Very very cool. Thank you, Shai. And, and with that, we're going we're gonna to close the show. We do have a favor that we'd like to ask our listeners. Uh, please go to YouTube and search for Financial Dads and please subscribe to our channel. We would really appreciate it. Uh, well, Paul and Shai, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Paul reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.